you have control over capital and your money continues to grow. That was the thesis of, of the original reason why I wrote the book. It's like, I thought this was the most amazing thing and it, and it truly is. I mean, there's so many other benefits that after you delve into the and asset, they're like, oh, that's a benefit, that's a benefit. But, they, but the fact of the matter is, if you can have control over capital to invest in yourself, into education, into real estate, into businesses, into opportunities, that's amazing. But you get the lifetime growth. We already looked back on the power of lifetime compound growth. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Podcast. In today's episode, we are on chapter five of the And Asset Handbook. So if you have not checked out the episodes before, make sure to go back. And if you want the And Asset Handbook, go to betterwealth.com slash handbook. We've talked a lot about the four principles, the pyramid, the overview, the, the science of the policy. And then now, last chapter, we talked about the lifetime growth. And in today's chapter, we're going to be talking about the control and use aspect of the and asset. Chapter five, control and use. Now that your money is working for you the rest of your life, we need to discuss the control and use of your money. After all, money is a tool and its value comes from being able to utilize it in ways that are meaningful to you. A lot of the time, people refer to the use of your cash value as becoming your own banker or infinite banking. We call it controlled compounding. Either way, there is a lot of misinformation about this. If you don't understand how this works, it might not make sense to you. You might be saying, why would I borrow against my own money? Well, there are a lot of people teaching that you can borrow this money for anything you want, such as going on vacation or buying a car, and you'll still get wealthy. This is misleading advice, and while I do believe there is some incredible power in borrowing against your policy, the last thing you should think is that this is a get-rich-quick scheme. The value of control. I want you to realize the true value of control, and more importantly, the fact that a good product doesn't equal a good result. For example, if Phil Mickelson and I were both to invest in the best golf club on the planet, that golf club would have zero return on investment for me, but it could have a huge return on investment for Phil. In the same way, financial vehicles are simply a product that you must learn how to master. With complete mastery and control over your golf club or financial vehicle, you will be able to maximize the use of that product and create the greatest return possible. Our greatest financial need is using money, not saving money. Learning how to use and control money effectively is going to be the most valuable investment of your time, effort, and resources possible. How versus what, or swing versus club. Another important thing to consider as we look at the power of control is the concept of how versus what. Using golf as an example again, there are two factors to the quality of your shot, your club and your swing. A lot of amateur golfers dream about buying the most expensive golf clubs because they think it'll be the key to their success. However, experienced golfers know that the swing is by far the most important key to a quality shot. Even with a poor club, the best golfers can hit amazing shots since they have developed a professional quality swing. If we apply this to financial strategy, a lot of people think that they just need to find the right financial product and they will be set for life. However, if they don't have the right swing or don't know how to use that vehicle most effectively, there won't be any financial vehicle that can solve their problem. So before I get into the nuts and bolts of how you can use the money in your policy, I want to show you three types of people and the three types of swings they use as it relates to money. The debtor. First, you have the debtor, 
who pays off their debt with interest. This person can be categorized as the paying interest way to use money, and this is where most Americans are. The saver. The second person is the saver, who saves up money and then pays cash. While this person is not paying interest, they are losing the benefit of what that interest would have earned on those dollars for the rest of their life. This person can be categorized as losing interest, and this is the second most popular way of using money. The maximizer. Finally, we have a third way of using your money, and this person is called the maximizer. In this scenario, the person never uses their own money to pay for purchases, but rather uses the life insurance company's money and lets their personal money keep growing and compounding for their entire life. Most life insurance companies charge a 4 to 5% interest rate to borrow money against your cash value, but this small cost lets your money continue to grow and compound without taxes, losses, or fees. So while this may seem like you are paying interest and losing money, you are actually letting your dollars continue working for you and thereby create a far greater sum in the future than if you had simply paid cash to make those purchases. While the AND asset is an amazing way to maximize your dollars, we are not saying that you can't be a maximizer through other means. For example, if you can take out a loan from a bank or credit union that has a lower interest rate than the life insurance company, then by all means, take advantage of that. We are simply showing you that wealth is created by how you use your capital. By leveraging other people's money while you keep all your own money compounding continuously in a safe account, you are able to get ahead much faster. Side note, while you may not have dollar for dollar access to your money in the first couple of years, you need to realize that there are so many opportunities to make this money work incredibly for you. For example, if you could earn a greater return than 5% than the 5% you spent to receive access to your money, you will be getting ahead all while your savings are growing steadily in your and asset. Some real life examples include investing in real estate, a business venture, or paying off high interest loans. Another thing to know, and this is extremely important, is that your rate of return is far greater when you borrow money than if you use your own money. This is known as leverage, and leverage can be defined as the ability to control a lot with just a little. For example, you could take a loan of $100 for the small price of $5. Most people know this as the interest rate, which in this case is 5%, but here's what most people don't think about. If you can earn $12 on that investment, you have not just received a 12% rate of return. Rather than comparing the return on investment to the full $100, you need to compare it to the actual amount of money coming out of your pocket which is only $5. So in this case, you have made $12 from an investment of $5, which is actually a 140% rate of return. Not only did you just make a significantly higher rate of return than you would have by using your own money, but all of your money is still working for you in your AND asset. You also have a significant amount of money that you just created that can be added to that and start increasing the compounding power of the AND asset once again. Most people never think of money in this way, but if you can start to see the power of leverage and take advantage of it, you will start to truly gain an unfair advantage that makes this entire strategy even more powerful. A question people usually ask is, Caleb, what about paying for vacations or paying for a car? These might be liabilities, but what I would say is that these purchases have more to do with the level of value you personally place on them. Since rate of return is not the goal to start living a better life, you simply need to determine how much you personally value each purchase. If you believe a purchase has a value that exceeds the possible 5% interest rate, then it might be a great way to use your money. For example, let's say you have $250,000 in your life insurance policy, and you want to buy a car. You could, you could take the money out of your policy and buy the car, but you won't be able to put that money back because after you take money out of a policy, 
it can't be put back in. To clarify, this means that if you're taking money directly out of your policy, you cannot put money back into that policy outside of your regular premium payments. However, rather than taking money out of your policy directly, the life insurance company will allow you to borrow against your policy up to the $250,000. You can use that money to buy whatever you want since it's protected by the money in your hand asset. Say you want to take a $100,000 loan to buy the car, which means two things for the money in your hand asset. First, you will have less money, $100,000 less, to borrow against in the future until you have paid off that loan. Second, all the money in your policy will continue growing without interruption. What's also great about this is you get to pay back the insurance company on your own time frame, all while your money is still growing for you. Side note, every decision we make when it comes to our money should be looked at in terms of asset-based activities and liability-based activities. Asset-based activities are activities that have a possibility of giving you a positive return on your investment, whether that's time, energy, or resources. Liability-based activities are activities that will leave you with less than you put in. These, this could even be draining your time, energy, or resources for years to come. When you're thinking of using the money in your end asset, make sure you determine whether each purchase is an asset-based activity or a liability-based activity. If the vast majority of your purchases and investments of time, energy, and resources are in asset-based activities, you will get ahead much faster and will be optimizing the use of your end asset. Isn't this too good to be true? At this point, many people think this all sounds too good to be true. They say, how is this possible? I've never heard of this before. Well, the most important thing to understanding is that these insurance companies are playing the long-term game. First of all, they're going to get paid whether you live or die. You will either take out a loan and pay them back, cash out, or die. In each of these scenarios, the insurance company will not lose money. Even when you die, the insurance company subtracts your outstanding $100,000 loan from the death benefit. In all these situations, the life insurance company always comes out ahead, and that is why they are such great companies to partner with. Summary We have to understand that the most important piece of all this is the fact that we can receive uninterrupted growth for our entire life, in a system where your dollars are working for you in multiple ways. Also, remember that the activities you are using your money for should be getting a greater rate of return than 5%, or they need to be personally valued more than 5%, than the 5% cost of using that money. I want you to know the difference between your cash value and how it's used as collateral. Also, how we use the insurance company and the different ways the insurance company can pay you back. In the next chapter, we're gonna look at how these powers of compounding and control can make the AND asset an amazing retirement account. We'll also examine some other features that add to the effectiveness of the AND asset as a retirement account. Take the next step. If you are ever interested in learning more or wanna find out if this is a good fit for you, you can book a free clarity call with one of our wealth coaches at a link on our website. All right. Talking about controlled compounding and, and the reason why we talk about this and, and given the name controlled compounding is you have control over capital and your money continues to grow. That was the thesis of, of the original reason why I wrote the book. It's like, I thought this was the most amazing thing and it, and it truly is. I mean, there's so many other benefits that after you delve into the and asset, they're like, oh, that's a benefit, that's a benefit. But they, but the fact of the matter is, if you can have control over capital to invest in yourself, into education, into real estate, into businesses, into opportunities, that's amazing. But you get the lifetime growth. We already looked back on the power of lifetime compound growth. And so again, th 
betterwolf.com slash handbook is a great place to get get a copy. I, I liked how we talked about three uses and the different ways that people use money. It's you either pay interest, you either lose interest, or you take a step back and say, I'm not going to get emotional. I want to be most efficient, which is taking opportunity cost into into play and understanding there's a long-term and a short-term consequence. What I really want to end on here with my final thoughts, and just again, another great job on this chapter, is the importance of leverage. Leverage is so powerful. This is a form of leverage. We are recording this once, and more than one person is going to watch this or listen to this, which is incredible. Why can't we do that with our money? The, the wealthy are wealthy because they understand this idea of leverage. And, and then the controlled cost is something that I talked about in my book. And the control cost is simply looking at the cost of controlling capital. So in the example where we gave, and again, there's a lot of charts in here that are worth um, getting and just reading along. But we talk about control costs and we, we use the 12% example. And, and, it's, and it's amazing. For $5, in this, in this example, we're saying 5%. So for $5, you get to control 100. And the velocity in, in making, taking a 12% rate of return and making it 140, it's not like money's flying out of, um, you know, it's not like we're printing money out of, out of you know, thin air. It's just understanding the leverage and the velocity of money. And so overall, chapter, chapter five is all about controlled compounding. And this, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an investor, or if you're someone that really buys into you being your greatest asset and investing in the things that you are really passionate about, this is where the and asset gets really, really special and uh, is very, very powerful. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.